Hi there, this is the Rev. Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Well, one thing is for certain, the first and greatest gift of Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. And I dare say that's a gift we need now more than ever. That is the subject of today's message, the conclusion of our current Advent and Christmas sermon series, which we've entitled Christmas Now More Than Ever. And it's based on Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and Isaiah 7, 10 to 16. And it begins this sacred story, well, at the beginning. Before the Magi followed that star rising in the east, before a motley group of shepherds heard the song of a heavenly host and ran into the city to see what happened, before a stable full of animals became the makeshift birthplace for a baby king, or before Bethlehem became the place where a ruler was to be born, even before a young girl is told by an angel of the Lord that she is to bear a child that is going to be called the Son of God. Long before any of this comes to pass, the story of Christmas begins with a weak, young, and rather wicked ruler by the name of Ahaz and a battle of faith versus fear. Now, what's interesting, one of many things that are interesting to me about this passage from the seventh chapter of Isaiah, and really the reason that we tend to return to it every Advent season, is that, as you heard, it does contain the prophecy of a young woman bearing a son who will be called Emmanuel. It's a single verse in that story that provides the perfect entry into the familiar gospel story of Mary and Joseph and the manger birth of the Holy Child. Yet the not-so-familiar story is the one that prompted Isaiah's prophecy in the first place. It's all about, as I said before, Ahaz. And Ahaz, you see, was the king of Judah who came into power around 735 B.C. He was about 20 years old when that happened, he ruled with his father for three or four years, as I recall, and then ruled uh, alone for another 20. And he was the son of King Jotham. Now, King Jotham was regarded as a good king of Judah. And knowing that makes it all the more interesting that by all indications, Ahaz was just the opposite. Now, we're not exactly sure why this happened, what led him down this path, but what's clear as you read through passages in the Old Testament is he literally seemed to relish going against the precepts of God. It is said, in fact, that Ahaz has uh, many destructive practices, uh, things like idol worship and sacrilege against the temple of the Lord even the, the sacrifice of his own children, all of this contributed to the ultimate downfall of the entire kingdom of Judah. Well, as we pick up the story in our text for this morning, 
Judah, the nation of Judah, is being, in fact, surrounded by at least two foreign armies and quite literally is facing its own imminent destruction. Just prior to where uh, I started reading today, we're told that the heart of Ahaz and the heart of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake before the wind. Boy, that tells you a lot right there. And as you can imagine, here's King Ahaz seeing all of this going on and evaluating the situation, and he's worried. He's fearful for the future of Judah, and quite honestly, he is concerned for his own well-being and his very survival. And yet, here's the thing that kind of sets up this whole story. All of his worry, all of his fear, it is happening despite the fact that Isaiah had come to him and brought to him God's assurance that his kingdom was going to prevail. But we are told then uh, in Isaiah that Ahaz is so unconvinced of this assurance that, that God was going to help him and he was going to prevail that God in turn actually invites and encourages Ahaz to ask for a sign as to the certainty of this promise. Ask for anything, the Lord says. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Or as the message translates it, be extravagant, Ahaz. Ask for the moon, anything. Ask for anything at all if it will convince you, Ahaz, that God is with you. Well, it's at this point, and perhaps to his credit, Ahaz refuses to ask for the sign. Because he doesn't, this is what he says anyway, he doesn't want to put the Lord to the test. But to God's credit, God offers up this sign anyway. That sign of, that we know so well. A young woman who will bear a son, a child who will know how to refuse the evil and choose the good. A Messiah, the Lord. But even after this news, monumental news, Ahaz remains skeptical. And we're left in this passage with a clear sense that even with this incredible news of heaven and earth colliding, this king of Judah is far too wrapped up in his fear of what his enemies were planning to do to even notice what God at that very moment was setting forth, what he was going to do for Ahaz and the world in faithfulness and with love. I know, it's not exactly the kind of story you want to hear just before Christmas, is it? But i got to tell you something. While Ahaz's response to Isaiah and to God is certainly short-sighted and more than a little self-serving, i got to confess to you this morning that I get it. Most especially right now, I get it. Because let me just say this, and I think you'll agree with me, if there's nothing else that can be said about our lives in this strange, woe-begotten year of 2020, it's that when this world goes crazy, 
fear tends to come into direct opposition to faith. I mean, after all, it's one thing to, for us to profess that we're all going to get through this global pandemic and we're not going to get COVID-19 and life is going to return back to normal sooner rather than later. It's one thing to say that, but it's quite another thing to not let our worries and our fears and our panic about the uncertainty of it all to get the better of us. And, well, never mind the pandemic for just a moment. Unless I miss a guess, I would dare say that every single one of us can name a time or situation in our lives where there has quite literally existed, shall we say, a tug of war between keeping the faith on the one side and giving in to fear on the other. And you know what? The truth of the matter is that when your back is against the wall, when all the problems of your life just keeps piling on, when you don't think you have anything left, it's hard to accept the promise of relief or support coming anytime soon. So we look for other means to get us through. And we wonder about those as well. It's easier, if I might quote Fred Geyser of Luther Seminary here, easier to trust in alliances and arms and investments and securities rather than trusting in God. Because he says to not worry about tomorrow, well, it's easier said than done. Much easier, more tempting at times to give up, give in, and let fear rule the day. That was the problem for King Ahaz. Frankly, that's the problems of the, of the King Ahaz's of every generation. And for that matter, that also tends to be the problem for you and me. And in these times, especially that we're living in now. When we let our fear rule the day, as we so often do, there are consequences for that kind of a stance. As the Lord himself says to Ahaz, and again, this, this verse comes just before where we read this morning, if you do not stand firm in faith, you shall not stand at all. So given all of that, friends, isn't it good that God offers us a gift of standing firm amidst the fear? Isn't it good that God is with us in that standing? And isn't it wonderful that it's all going to come about because of a tiny child? Look, says the prophet, look, a woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. A name that literally means God is with us. This will be a child who will be barely grown before he's able to make good and moral choices. A child who will be able in all things to refuse the evil and choose the good. A child who will make war and conflict and division, a thing of the past. 
a child who will bring faith in the face of all fear. And perhaps most importantly, it's a child whose birth would be the sure and certain promise that God is going to remain faithful to people, his people, no matter how fearful they become. God would be with them, come what may, and forevermore. As I say, I suppose if I had been in Ahaz's situation, I might have been a tad skeptical. After all, what possible help can a small newborn baby possibly be against two powerful armies who are just about to end his kingdom? Better that this sign from God perhaps be some show of military force, some decisive victory against one's enemies. But that's not how God works. In fact, God did what God always does to show forth hope and love and life in the places where one least expects it. The truth is that God always enters into our places of greatest weakness so that he can stand firm with us and be for us no matter how fearful or panicky or hopeless we become. To quote the Reverend Brent Neely, who is a Nazarene pastor and writer from uh, nearby to my old stomping grounds in Maine, from Cape Elizabeth. And he writes that even in this day and age when fear runs amok, we have no need to fear. For a small child has proven to us that God is with us and that God is faithful to his promises. When our faith is weak and our fear is strong, Neely writes, God steps in without us even asking for it. God tells us, I am with you. Hope is coming. And the enemy you fear is nothing compared to the promise that God has made with us. And that is truly a gift. You know, I also wonder sometimes if Joseph might have been a little skeptical about the promise of this child who is about to come into his life. As the story is told in our text this morning from Matthew, we, we already know that when Mary was found to be with child, Joseph had resolved to dismiss her quietly, as, as Matthew puts it, so not to expose Mary to public disgrace. But then, of course, the angel appeared to Joseph in his dream and all of that changed. And so we know the story. We know how it unfolded. But you still have to wonder if Joseph was asking what all of this really meant, not just to him and Mary, but also to the whole world. Surely there must have been in him some significant and legitimate fear even as he was considering how much was hinging on the two of them becoming parents to this tiny, helpless infant that was no less than God come to earth. you got to wonder, even in the face of all those prophecies and all those dreams and all the angel songs that had led him to this singular moment in his life, if Joseph didn't wonder, why? Why me? 
Why us? Why now? And maybe, in his most private moments, what if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't work? What will we do then? Because, you know, once again, on the face of it, it all seems a pretty unlikely scenario. But therein lies the beauty and the purpose of God's plan. That this child, this birth, this coming of a Messiah, the Lord, simply didn't make sense by the standards of the world. I mean, that's the whole of Israel history. That all the prophecies foretold from days of old, that the sum total of human history should all hinge on a young girl saying, yes, she'll be the handmaiden of the Lord. On a husband who would not walk the other way and on the chance that the two of them would find themselves in a dark, damp stable in Bethlehem, of all places, on one particular holy night that was divinely chosen from the foundation of the world. But that was the sign, wasn't it? That was the promise. That's what the Lord himself has given us. That which you and I would certainly deem a miracle, a miracle of divine proportion, planned and laid out for centuries before it played out in all its glory. You see, that's the thing I think we need to remember, especially as we draw closer to Christmas and especially this year, that all of those wonderful things that make the story what it is, the angels chorus, the shepherds out abiding in the fields, the shining of a star at a unique place in a preordained time. The magi who traversed across the miles so to discover where that star would finally rest. I mean, none of this, as random and as miraculous as it appears, none of it was happenstance. It was all part of God's plan and God's purpose. It was the miraculous workings of a miraculous God whose promise was and is and always shall be to be with us, come what may and forevermore. That is the true gift of Christmas, and that is what we need now more than ever. The Lord's own sign of a child that shows us again again and again in every time and in every circumstance that God is still and ever and always watching over the fearful and fretful people of God's choice. And most especially in these strange and uncertain days that this amazing, holy child continues to be a sign unto us and an unending reminder that God is with us still. Offering to us strength and love in our times of weakness and assuring us that we are never alone, no matter the size or the force of the enemies we face. Friends, no matter what we've had to deal with in 2020, no matter what might befall us in 2021, here's the good news. We are God's people. And God is with us. And so as the angel said to the shepherds, we fear not. We have no reason to fear. 
For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Hope is coming to us, bringing peace, inspiring joy, and showing love. And this small child is the sign of his coming. This child that is to be born is our Emmanuel, God with us. Thanks be to God in Jesus, our Emmanuel. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, God With Us. It was recorded at our December the 20th online service of worship and concludes our current Advent and Christmas sermon series, Christmas Now More Than Ever. Of course, all through this sacred season and into the new year, you are invited to join us live for those online services by logging on to Facebook Live on our East Church Facebook page each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We'd love to have you be a part of this worship experience right along with us. And with that, we're at the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening to this podcast all through this year of 2020, but most especially right now in this sacred season. And now, as always, my prayer is that you stay safe, be well, have a great day every day, and Merry Christmas. Talk to you soon, dear friends.